Hi there. Have you ever felt like quiet quitting? Remember when I explained this phrase in podcast 577? Did you know the phrase quiet quitting was named one of Collins Dictionary's terms of the year in 2022? And have you noticed how our day-to-day language, especially in the workplace, is changing faster than ever before? If you haven't, by the end of this podcast, not only will you be updated, but you'll also understand the trends behind these words. When new phrases come into a language, it often reflects trends in society, or here, trends in the workplace. Although we're barely halfway through 2023, there are a whole group of new phrases about the workplace and jobs. So today, let's have a look at these. And you can see if you recognise any of these things, these phenomena in your working life. And it'll give you a taste of what the job market and working life is like in the UK and the English-speaking business world, as we tend to share phrases. Are you in your 20s or 30s or 40s? If you're living in a bustling city like London, don't you often feel that your career dominates much of your life? You'll probably relate to this podcast if so. Use this podcast to find out what trends are affecting the workplace and what new phrases go with that. You may have come across these terms on platforms like TikTok, where people often share and relate to each other's experiences. So prepare to impress your colleagues with your understanding of phrases like rage applying or boomerang employees. You won't find these in your regular textbooks, but they are current in English speaking workplaces. And we'll cover some more established English terms, which are used commonly in the workplace too. They still may not be in the language textbooks. So boost your understanding and sharpen your fluency with this podcast. Hello, I'm Hilary and you're listening to Adept English. We will help you to speak English fluently. All you have to do is listen. So start listening now and find out how it works. And if you find value in our podcasts, if they've helped you grasp spoken English more effectively, then go to our website at adeptenglish.com and have a look at our podcast download services. For a price which is a fraction of the usual cost of a language course, you can download as many podcasts as you like, 50, 100, 150, so that you've always got quality English language listening with you wherever you go. You know that makes sense and your English will improve if you do this. So, quiet quitting covered in podcast 577 means not that you quit your job and actually leave, but rather that you want to leave. You're unhappy and discontented, but you don't actually leave. Instead, you quietly decide to do less work perhaps the bare minimum you can get away with. You're no longer motivated, no longer pushing out the boat in terms of effort. You're just sitting in your role and doing as little as possible. Obviously, this isn't great for companies, but sometimes maybe the company needs to look at why their employees get to feel like this. Keeping employees motivated and keen is often what companies don't give sufficient focus to, and it costs them to replace employees who do leave. Valuable knowledge walks out of the door with the employee. 
So that's quiet quitting. Let's look at other terms. This is relevant, educational, cultural, and hopefully for you, relatable content. Loud quitting. Like quiet quitting in that it doesn't actually involve leaving your job. Instead, it's about talking loudly and openly to anyone who listen about how you're looking elsewhere for work. The hope is that people will be shocked. You're indispensable, of course. And the hope is that the scary prospect of you leaving will mean that you can negotiate a better salary or position. Promotion, maybe. This may work, but of course, your boss may not respond as you would like. They simply may not be in the position to give you what you want. Or it may be that you've overestimated your value to the company and your talking about quitting spurs them on to make that happen. Oops. Quiet hiring. Another term which has crept into the language. One of the trends that's been evident, especially in big tech companies, is the laying off of huge numbers of staff. It's politic in these times also to announce a hiring freeze. If companies didn't do this, then it would seem hard to justify the layoffs or redundancies, as we tend to call them in the UK. That's R-E-D-U-N-D-A-N-C-Y. So a hiring freeze, or sometimes called a headcount freeze, means that the company cannot advertise for new staff or be seen to be taking on new staff. We use the term to freeze or frozen, not just for actual ice, but to mean that something doesn't move, that it's fixed, it's frozen. Sometimes a hiring freeze is really inconvenient. If you've lost critical staff in an important area of your business, it can really hold an organisation back if those people cannot be replaced. It can also mean that the people left behind have a difficult time, too much work to cover, so eventually they leave as well. Other unpleasant terms like natural wastage are used, meaning that if you do a hiring freeze for long enough, then you'll naturally lose employees who choose to go and get jobs elsewhere and you won't replace them. And this is seen as a way of avoiding layoffs or redundancies. The trouble with this approach, however, it's often the brightest and the best who leave because they've got other jobs. Unintended consequences are always interesting. So quiet hiring is when an organisation acquires new skills, but without actually taking on new full-time employees. This may mean training people up to do a different job, or perhaps even taking on short-term contract people to fill the gaps. This is quiet hiring. So doing what you can without breaking the terms of the hiring freeze. So just mentioning how big companies, especially big tech companies, have been doing big layoffs this year. Examples are Google and Microsoft, etc. And the term copycat layoffs has been coined, meaning that when one tech company lays off huge numbers of staff, its rival companies, its competitor companies are more likely to copy, to follow suit and do the same. Hence the term copycat layoffs. The word copycat, C-O-P-Y-C-A-T, it's one that children use for another child who copies them. But this phrase has been used in other ways. 
Copycat crimes is an example. There may be a type of crime or criminal activity that's in the news, and this seems to inspire others to commit the same type of crimes or copycat crimes. More grumpiness and dissatisfaction at work. Have you ever felt so frustrated that you started rage applying? I think I might have done this in the past. The term rage applying has been invented for when employees suddenly put out a flurry of job applications because they're annoyed, they're fed up in their current job. A bit like redundancies and layoffs, another interesting fact. While Americans might say resume, that's R-E-S-U-M-E, -E, we Brits prefer CV or curriculum vitae. That's what you put out in a job application. A short document which tells a prospective new employer all about you. It's these little differences that make British English its own thing. So you might send off your CV or resume to lots of different companies. Sometimes this is called a scattergun approach. You're not necessarily very discriminating or choosy in whom you apply to. You just go for numbers in the hope that some employers receiving your details will be interested. And of course, what often happens with rage applying, it works. Rage, R-A-G-E, is a more extreme form of anger, if you like. It works and someone's interested, but I guess the downside, you could end up with lots of job interviews to go to and you're left making all kinds of excuses to your current employer about why you need so much time off work. Sometimes when people do this, they find that other employers are willing to pay more for their skills and talents than the current one is. They're being underpaid in their current role, in other words. Or maybe when you've calmed down a bit, you do see the benefits of your current job and decide to stay. Resenteeism or grumpy stayers, both new terms. Resenteeism, that's R-E-S-E-N-T-E-E-I-S-M. Well, you may understand the verb to resent. That means that over time you come to have negative feelings about someone or something. It builds up gradually and they're seen as wronging you. You resent them. Where a word has a double E on the end here, resentee, it means the person who does the resenting. Like an absentee is the person who's absent from something. Absent, A-B-S-E-N-T, meaning not there. A trustee, again double E, is someone who's trusted. An amputee is someone who's had an arm or leg amputated or removed. So these new words are invented according to existing rules of English. And that double E looks to me as though it's French grammar in origin. And then you put ISM, ism, on the end. Then it becomes the noun which represents the presence of a resentee, the person doing the resenting. So you might say there is a lot of resenteeism in our company at the moment. You could argue it'd be simpler just to say there's a lot of resentment in our company at the moment. Or you could say there's a worrying level of absenteeism in our company at the moment. Means a lot of people taking time off. That is a more established word and recognised word. 
But it's interesting to see the development of language like this, and it's developing all the time. All these terms I'm talking about today are this year's. Another term that's perhaps a bit older, the idea behind it has certainly been happening for a long time, and that term is boomerang employees. Anyone who knows what a boomerang is, that's B-O-O-M-E-R-A-N-G, they'll understand immediately what this phrase means. Boomerang is an indigenous Australian word, meaning it comes from the original inhabitants of Australia, and it refers to a weapon which you throw, used originally for hunting. Apparently, there are returning boomerangs and non-returning boomerangs. But the word boomerang is associated for most people with the idea of something which returns to you. So we use this word boomerang as an adjective to describe something which returns. So you can guess a boomerang employee is usually someone who's either been laid off or has left a company. And then guess what? In no time, they're back working there again, sometimes on much better terms and conditions because the company they left have found that actually they really need them. And this happens in all kinds of industries and often means that the employer is paying more for the same employee. OK, so the new workplace phrases that we've covered in this podcast, loud quitting, quiet hiring, hiring freeze or headcount freeze, natural wastage, layoffs and redundancies, copycat layoffs, rage applying, resenteeism and boomerang employees. That's certainly enough vocabulary to be going on with, but really useful for the workplace and for workplace trends. Things you need to know if you hope to get work in an English speaking company, perhaps. Let us know what you think, share this podcast and don't forget to subscribe or give us a like. Enough for now. Have a lovely day. Speak to you again soon. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. Please help me tell others about this podcast by reviewing or rating it. And please share it on social media. You can find more listening lessons and a free English course at adeptenglish.com.